Hello, everyone, and welcome to the live podcast for issue number 53 of the Bad Coyote Funky Podcast. Tonight, we're going to be talking about X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> but before we do, just a couple couple things we want to get out of the way real quick. Right. So, looks like Star Wars Rogue One looks to be in a bit of trouble. The executives over at Disney have ordered reshoots after their first viewing did not really meet their standards. Or as they put it, it felt off-tone compared to what the current Star Wars universe is. Um, probably relating to how Star Wars Force Awakens was a lot more family-friendly. It had a lot of everything, adventure, action. But Star Wars Rogue One was always intended to be a very different narrative. And maybe they went ahead and made it a little too dark for the Disney execs. What do you guys think? I mean, like, in all honesty, like, the more I hear about this stuff, um, the more I'm kind of like, I'm kind of disappointed that they're not, they're, they consider it too dark. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, absolutely. And it, I mean, that you'd think from the start, that's what they were going for. Yeah. They got uh, the director, uh, Gareth Edwards. He worked on Monsters and Godzilla, which was a different take on on Godzilla in, in a lot of ways. I mean, Harvard back to the, the old, uh, I guess, kaiju battle, but at the same time, the human side of things was a lot more uh, creepy. Do we trust a man who makes Godzilla fat? <laughs> that is the question. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I personally enjoyed the Godzilla movie, but I, I don't know, I, I think that it shows a little bit of short-sightedness on, on the Disney side of things. I mean, you, you'd think they knew what they were getting. And if and I wrote in the article this week of covering this, this topic that one of the things that had me so interested in Rogue One was its different take on the universe. I mean, Star Wars is a whole galaxy of, of narratives we've seen in games, we've seen in novels, comics, but... In the movies, we've seen very, very, very similar stories where like the Jedi versus Sith. And and that there's more to it than that. And this movie was a great opportunity to give the the rebel side of, of things. And, and the fact that one of the complaints they had was that it felt like a war movie but that's, was really disheartening. That's like the point. That's what I want. Like, yeah. That's why it's not called Episode 8. It, it's fucking called Rogue One. Like, it's not... Your typical Star Wars movie—it's expanding the universe. If I uh, correction, if it were going to be an episode, it would be episode three point five, Greg. <laughs> and that—that's that, that's one true. of the things they used in the argument as well—that it's it come it's supposed to end right before A New Hope. But I would argue that A New Hope is when the Star Wars universe was at its darkest. That was when the Jedi were in hiding. That was when the Empire ruled everyone. I mean, that—that that is when you should have a war a war story. Oh sure, yeah. They yeah. literally call the time between episode three and four the dark times. <laughs> it's amazing. They're calling it dark, but one of the things they didn't realize is um, in Clone Wars also, it gets like pretty, pretty dark in Clone Wars also. Like, sure. There's one oh, yeah, episode. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, hell, episode three? Like, come on. <laughs> there's, like one, there's like one episode when they're like in Clone Wars where they're like on, I think, Camino. And they literally went back to Vietnam in Camino. They're like setting people on fire with flamethrowers, like the flying oh aliens in Clone Wars, in the Clone Wars cartoon that was on Cartoon Network. That's canon. Yeah. Yeah. So it's too warlike. I don't know. It's just I was looking forward to having like a dark Star Wars as well. And when you play like the Star Wars games, or even read like some of the Star Wars like expand universe, which no longer canon, it gets 
pretty freaking dark. Like, sure, yeah. Oh, like, and I mean, like the the fact is that that Gareth Edwards, the director, he works well with minimal editorial interference. I mean, we, he he works well alone. Mm-hmm. And and I, and I think I heard I heard I, earlier, Casey, I heard you say that they're apparently reshooting forty percent of the movie. Yeah, I I just saw that pop up on my feed literally seconds ago, and like, that's that's insane. That you know what that sounds just like. The Fantastic Four movie that Fox bought. Yeah, but this had... but this one they out now just say the sc- the the screenplay was half written when they already started working on it. How do you get away with that? <laughs> I mean, assuming <laughs> it's, it's true. The screen, I don't, the sc- I, it was half written when they started work, recording when they started doing Rogue One. That's what. It, well, yeah, we don't know for we don't know. We, that, that's the rumor that's circulating the web right now. I, we we this popped up in the feed like seconds ago. Yeah, because because forty like forty percent. That's a bit much. I'll say maybe more like ten. to Yeah, 20, and I mean possibly. with uh, Fantastic Four, they ended up completely reshooting the second half of the movie. And, and, I, and if I I never actually went out and saw Fantastic Four, but I heard the first part was actually pretty well done. It was in the second half that it completely switched gears where it got bad and that's where they where the studio kind of stepped all over josh trank and why he uh he lashed out at them on the uh, social medias sure and the, the other thing too to keep in mind is it's almost like a buzzword now is reshoot you know um reshoot's not a new thing they, they have done it a lot they did it next to i remember that specifically because uh he jackman was in the middle of shooting the oscar award winning movie van helsing and he had to go back for a couple of reshoots. And you can tell because his hair was really long. Wait and a second. This Oscar is made out of tinfoil. <laughs> <laughs> I bought this at Party City. Ooh. No. Uh, <laughs> um, so, like, I'm, I'm going to remain hopeful. It does seem like they're reshooting a lot of it. It doesn't always mean it's bad. But it just shows case, case in point. The original a, a Star compromise. Wars movie. Mm-hmm. The original Star Wars. A New Hope. Is a product product of reshoots. Sure, yeah, and that's true. But I think that was, but that was also because like George Lucas was helming the film. I mean, when you when George Lucas no, 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 doesn't no, have no. anyone reshooting it, you you get episode one, two, and three. But um, no, 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 it wasn't it wasn't that. Like he definitely. But what happened was they shot the film. A lot of special effects that were in it now aren't really what was originally there. Pretty much. Now I'm not talking about like the remakes and like the blue the, the Blu-ray, you know, whatever. It's like the actual original movie. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, like, time will tell on this, right? In all honesty, like, we'll we'll see what happens, and we'll see. I'm going to remain hopeful, um, even if it gets some reshoot to make it a little more lighthearted, a little more... But that's that's just that they're they're, they're compromising the entire the entire draw to the film for me. I mean, again, I I don't know if 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 it's like if it's like Saving Private Ryan Dark, and they're actually gonna and they're gonna and they're gonna make it like. I don't know, like Blade Dark. <laughs> um, Good for kids. Just, just add instant Jar Jar. Yeah. <laughs> All like Jar-Jar. I don't know. Like I mean, I, 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 we we really have no idea the the extent yet. So I mean, if if they're if they're, if they're going from from one extreme to to just slightly less extreme, then then maybe it'll be fine because we really don't have the information yet. But right. but I I do I do. Feel really disheartened that they're 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 cutting what is already there for the sake of more adventure to make it more in line with what's already there because right. that, that that's 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 exactly the opposite of what I want. Right. Yeah. Um. In other news, there are rumored castings of Captain Marvel uh, floating around. Uh, if you're to believe the rumor mill, it is none other than Oscar 
award-winning, and I'm not being facetious this time, actress <laughs> Brie Larson is the forerunner right now, which I think kind of makes sense. I mean, she's definitely played a strong-willed person in the past. Uh, if you've seen Room, it's it's very interesting take, although not what I would use as an example. Also was in Scott Pilgrim versus the World, so she gets my vote right there. I mean, that's the film she oh. won the Oscar for. Yeah. Wait, who, sure. was, who is she in Scott Pilgrim? She's Envy Adams. Envy Adams. Really? She's the oh, wow. she's the leader of the Clash of Demon mm-hmm. And the Adam was her bassist. No kidding. Huh. That's Brent, cool. Brandon Routh, yeah. Huh. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I have no problem with this casting. I'm I'm a, I'm a. A bit, I'm a bit surprised it's making as much news as it is since that it's still, they've even been saying, like, early talks. So, like, yeah, she's their current first choice. The, but the movie doesn't even have a director yet. And, <laughs> and, and they're in early talks. So it kind of seems like the, this movie can go in many different directions. I Like, if they decide to stick with her, that I'd be perfectly happy. But I, I, I do think it's... It's a little early to. I mean, as we. I mean, I think Disney's kind of jumping the shark a little bit, as we heard with Rogue One. Wait, but did, did you guys hear that? It's as if thousands of UFC fans cried out in terror and were suddenly <laughs> silenced. <laughs> yep. I, I, that was. I mean, I like, I, I still. I, would, I don't. I don't get personally. I always. I would. I would like to see Starbuck as uh, as, as as Captain Marvel for sure, <laughs> like Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. There's, there's something just there's so many people that have so many opinions about this Brie Larson I think is a good compromise um, also you want to think about age too in all honesty right like you want to get true, someone still true. somewhat young enough to play the role uh, and can play the role for a number of years like you don't really want a you know God love him Robert Downey Jr. situation where he redefined the character and is doing great but like He's great. He's, like. he's definitely getting a little up there, which means that they're going to have to figure out if they're going to A, recast him, which they can't do because he owns that role, or B, move on without him. Only luckily he's Iron Man, so all of his action scenes, he's just a CGI head. What, so, what yeah. terrible choices were given? <laughs> Why must I choose between these rock and hard places when it comes you know, to the- my Iron Man's? <laughs> no, but it's actually it's very true. I, I didn't think about that. I was because I was thinking when I was watching Captain America: Civil War, I was like, "Wow, Black Panther is really young." Yeah. But uh, yeah, now when I think about it, they're in it for the long well, run. Well, he's not that young. He just looks really young. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's like I think he's in his late thirties, maybe forties. Well, he looks fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm just really glad that it's not Ronda Rousey that's going to be playing her. Especially after all of that, all of that negative publicity that came out recently, she 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 had some really bad like depression issues, and she said some really she, it, what she said is fine, but just like as someone who who people are looking up to as this like really strong individual, when she yeah, lost yeah, I don't think her, that was ever going to be like a real thing. I think that was just a bunch of like fans who were like, oh my god, I freaking love her. She's winning. She's on top. Hey guys, let's make her a thing. She's a huge nerd. Let's go! Once. Yeah. <laughs> and then exactly what it was. And then everyone else is like, what? You guys are crazy. This is like fanboying to the extreme. Like it's not going to happen. All her friends are like, but she's winning. She's doing great. Let's get her in more things. Yeah. yeah. And everyone else who knows better is like, that's not going to be a thing. It's not even being considered. Like, why is everyone trying to make it a thing? Yeah. And, and, and then, the, then the same thing happens as always. Like when someone, and then like their, everyone's favorite character loses like once and then everyone turns on them. It's kind of like, it's, it's like clockwork. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the, that's the key for these movies too, right? Is there has to be someone who can act. They're believable in their role. 
So I feel like uh, with these like fanboys and fangirls is, are just kind of like, yeah, Ronda Rousey, because she looks kind of, she kicks ass. And, uh, and then you see her in. She's tough and everybody knows Captain Marvel is definitely great at hand-to-hand combat, not energy blast or anything. Exactly. <laughs> but then you, you look at her at movies like the seventh Fast and the Furious movie where she literally had three lines and butchered all of them. She had three lines and butchered four of them. <laughs> it makes me sad because like Angel Dust and like Deadpool's that like a UFC fighter, and yeah. she did pretty well. And she could have like set the stage for other UFC fighters that would fit these roles pretty well, just because you know they had the look for it. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Casey, I know there's something you wanted to get out of the way. So I was was digging around the old podcast interwebs because. Nothing says doing a great podcast on your own than getting inspiration from the Kevin Smith. Sure. So listening to the latest, maybe not latest, but recent episode of Fat Man on Batman, Kevin Smith is hanging out with Marvel top dog Joe Casada, whose official title, I believe, is now Chief Creative Officer instead of Editor-in-Chief, but it's not 100% well, on that. Either way, long story short, he ducked a couple of questions about Namor the Submariner actually falling under the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, umbrella. Mm. Which comes as a huge surprise for everyone, because everyone was, even Marvel, was fairly certain that Universal currently um, shared the rights, or at least... Um, had the rights enough where if they wanted to use the character, they'd have to like contact them first and like and reach like some some agreement. It wasn't like something like Sony or um, or Fox where where they would have to like literally buy the rights back. But it was it was just enough to make it like frustrating to have to use the character consistently. So apparently, none of that was true. Submariner, <laughs> even like an A list character though. Yeah, no, he's one of the, well, not maybe not Alice, but he's one of the OGs. Like, I always, when I think of Submariner, I think of the guy I have to pick when I play, like, the old school Spider-Man game because everyone else picked the guy they want to be. <laughs> no, but, like, so, like, Namor has been around since, since like, the original, like, Captain America and the original, like, Human Torch, all that, era, all that junk. Marvel like, Comics number one, 1939. <laughs> We're going way back. This dude is old. He is, Cap- he is older than Captain America old. But the interesting thing about it is you'd never think... He would fall under this umbrella because, one, he has way too many close ties to the Fantastic Four where it's not even funny. Right. And two, dude is literally a mutant. <laughs> he's the first. Wasn't he like the first mutant? No, Apocalypse. In, in... He's not older than Apocalypse. No, no, but I thought that he was supposed to be. I think he's they, not they even rec- older than Mr. Sinister. So. Yeah, man. No, Mr. They, well, yeah. no, I think they then they must have retconned it because I remember that he was the he was one of the I think I, I'm fairly certain he was he's been called the first mutant no. in some issues I have read. What are you Atlantean? Maybe he is for your people. Ooh. Maybe maybe he's the first Atlantean mutant. What do you That's mean possible. you people, Casey? I mean yeah. you're a dirty Atlantean, and we don't you want on our on our show anymore. Yeah. If she's gonna if she's gonna commiserate with water breathers, <laughs> sad face. Uh, uh, who would you guys want to play the role? The Rock. No, get the fuck out of here. Though. Yeah, dude. Black Adam, though. Who cares? They have the same look. <laughs> they look. They look basically exactly the same. Same haircut. Yeah, so someone who same someone ears. Who can pull off the like, I'm the worst asshole on the planet and don't care. That's because that's Namor. Carl Urban. Are there an abund- <laughs> Are there an abundance of actors who look great shirtless? That's that's your first question. I think The Rock would be yes. too big to play Namor, though. Really? Yeah. He he does he he does kind of have that athletic swimmer kind of build. Like as as 
dumb as it is, I would rather The Rock play like Samson. Like like, like Doc, Doc Samson. Samson? Yeah. Huh. I would love to see The Rock as a therapist. I'd, I'd love to see The Rock with hair. I think it's, it's really <laughs> funny now. Just one. Just just a nice green wig. Um, yeah. But yeah, like like that size, right? Like he's like Doc Samson size, easy without a doubt. Uh, but Namor, I think Namor's a little little smaller. So I would I I would still want to stick with Carl Urban. I think he would do really good. He's he's does well in a variety of different roles, and I think and he can be mean as fuck. Oh yeah, he can be. Oh, All real right. mean, the meanest. Absolutely. Um, I I don't even know who else. Like I don't even know how they're gonna do Namor without Fantastic Four. You know what? I got a good one. Yeah, Sam Witwer. Oh, that yeah, buddy. Sam Witwer. Yeah, that's perfect, Casey. Actually, he's got a he's got just something about his his jaw, and he all has kinds the, of the, the eyebrows too. He's got a regal face. Yeah, and something he can play a giant dick. <laughs> that's for you, Dave. Um, <laughs> thank you. Terrible. No, I, I agree. So, for those of you who don't know, Sam Witwer uh, plays the apprentice on Star Wars Force Unleashed video game series. Uh, also played Doomsday in Smallville. Weirdly um, enough, also the voice of the Emperor now. Yes, yeah, he's also the voice of the Emperor. Um, no, the vo- in the voice of Darth Maul. Oh, Dar- oh, is it Darth Maul? It's Darth Maul. It's not the Emperor. It's Darth Maul. Darth Maul has a voice. Oh, are we talking about Clone Wars. Clone Wars, yeah. Okay. Well, he had a voice in. In episode one as well. Peter Serafanowitz. Yeah. Um, so he could play like crazy. He could play regal. He can play conceited. Um, what was that? Being human? Is that what he's in? I think it's being I human. I think so, yeah. It's almost human him. was with Carl Urban and he had a robot limb and he, right? With the robot guy. Did you guys watch that show? My nope. brother watched that. That's all I know about it. Oh, it was really, it was actually, I really liked it. I really, really liked it. It's a shame it got canceled. Um, I think it was one of those things that was probably just too expensive to make and not enough people were really watching it. But if you find it, definitely check that one out. Uh, Almost Human was fucking fantastic. Or Being Human. I always get it mixed up and I will never get them unmixed up. Um, Now we're rambling at this point, which can only mean one thing, guys. It's time for you to enjoy the podcast. the rocks of the eternal shore crash against us and be broken it's the bad coyote funky podcast oh welcome welcome one and all to the bad coyote funky podcast issue number 53 today we're talking about x-men apocalypse on today's podcast we got with us booster greg what up we got tv's casey bub <laughs> we got Dave the Bearded Menace. Yo. And we got Anna Bomb Amber. Kaboom. And I'm Sergio, guys. Welcome, one and all, to issue 53 X Men Apocalypse. And from the ashes Woo. of the world, we'll build a better movie and apocalypse. 
<laughs> now, the first thing I want to bring up is uh, the fact that it has one of the lowest scoring. <laughs> it's one of the lowest scoring X Men films online, not just on Metacritic, Rotten Tomatoes, and oh my god. I mean, do you guys think it, it was? Rough. Yeah, do you guys Last think it's, it's that like, far off? I mean, it, does it does it deserve that low rating? Well, uh, I mean, I'll put it to you this way: Do you know what the lowest rating one is? No. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you two guesses, but you only need one. X three, X Men three. No, so X Men three actually say, has a higher score. Oh, I think what? I got one. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna guess and say X Men. Origins Wolverine. It's X Men Origins Wolverine is the yes. only X Men movie to have a lower score. I keep than forgetting about Apocalypse. that because it's so damn terrible. I blocked right. it out of my brain for years. Right, years undone of therapy. So it's funny because like Deadpool almost made me look back like fondly on the movie just for like the, how ridiculously bad it was, so that Deadpool can make fun of it. Right, exactly. Now, so do you guys think it deserved like the low score it's getting? I mean, what what are your opinions? I'm actually going to be honest. I, I don't think it's the worst X-Men movie. I think it's actually far from the worst X-Men movie. I, I don't think it's one of the better ones by far. Not, I think it's somewhere in the middle because X-Men Origins Wolverine and X-Men 3 Last Stand were really bad. Like, I would put this in, like, maybe top three, top four worst X-Men movies. Um, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, why would you say top three worst? Shouldn't you just say bottom three? I mean, yeah, so maybe. What kind of a ladder are you climbing <laughs> here? <laughs> Don't focus on the minutia, Casey. <laughs> Semantics. I mean, like, so I I enjoyed this movie. It wasn't as bad as Fantastic Four. It wasn't as bad as, in my opinion, X3, although Metacritic seems to disagree. Also, we all haven't seen X3 in a while. That's true. Yeah, well, I also think this movie kind of has the like it's popular to hate on it syndrome going on right now. Kind of, I mean, like, it, yeah, it's it, it is legitimately bad in a lot of ways. Sure. But but worse than X three and and bad, I don't think so. I, yeah. I don't I don't think that it's a popular thing. It's more so everyone is in agreement that this movie is not great. So true, true. I don't think everyone's like, oh, hey, everyone's hating on it. Let's jump on. No, everyone's just agreeing that it's not a great movie. Yeah. And do you think that more people are voicing that now than they did back then with X3 just because of how technology has kind of progressed since then? Absolutely. I think nowadays it's much easier to say your grievances about a movie or say how good a movie is. Um, but when it comes to comic book movies, it's like... It just, we expect better. Yeah, it just draws... Especially nowadays, because Marvel has... The Marvel Cinematic Universe has set a standard pretty much. And now, like... Oh, sure. That's the standard we're all looking at. Now... Let's say if Marvel Cinematic Universe didn't exist at all. Let's say there was no Captain America, there was no Iron Man movies, nothing at all. Then this movie, prob- oh, yeah, be, then this movie probably wouldn't be that bad. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they, I'd be so happy they got all the characters looking right, except for for, for the most part. <laughs> well, um, they have them all and, looking and, right. I guarantee you, in the last thirty seconds of the film. Yeah, no, that <laughs> yeah was, that. they but save the best costumes for one shot at the end of the movie. But there's like stuff <laughs> in the movie that bothers me the most. Like it was. I liked watching. I did enjoy it, but there's so many moments that just like bother the fuck out of me. One, two, just, uh. two, two big moments that bothered me. One, the fact that Storm is only powerful because Apocalypse gave her that power. I thought that was complete bullshit, you know. And secondly, what bothered me the most is Olivia Munn had like four lines. Yeah, and also, and like, none of them were in a British accent. Yeah, I'm really glad. <laughs> she I don't only care had much four about. Lines. I don't care about that. Yeah, I don't care about the British accent. I, do. I just feel we like care. she was underutilized. She was completely. 
all the oh, characters but- I want to see do some damage were completely underutilized. Like you could say that about everyone. Like immediately, even even going to the very be- beginning of the film, there was problems. I mean, aside from the there's only like one black guy in Egypt thing. Um, they, <laughs> they had, they had, Again, like like Hollywood all- is just hell bent on like on like writing their own history through the medium of movies. You know, just like how in the Middle East there 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 are cults of like uh, religious zealots who are destroying actual tombs and stone statues and tablets because they want to rewrite history. Hollywood is doing that. Through yeah. pictures, and they're like, "Yep, the this is how it was, everybody." In the future, uh, Egypt, Egypt was white, so Egypt's near the Mediterranean Sea, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. But <laughs> it, it's it's so crazy how like how I, I feel sorry for Oscar Isaac because he did such he does such a great job in all in all these movies that he's in. He did a great job in The Force Awakens. He did a great job. Um, Ex Machina. Uh, excuse me, in, in Ex Machina. Phenomenal job in Ex Machina. Yeah. And actually, on the Star Wars set, he was teaching everyone how to do that dance. That's oh, the nice. funniest like clip I've ever. Yeah, while he's in the pilot uniform. Funniest thing ever. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, I agree with, with, with the, the, the Storm thing. I mean, Storm is powerful in her own right. And we saw her use her power in the beginning of the movie, but then Apocalypse is like, oh, hey, child, like, what's going on in this world today? Where am I? And she's all like, oh, well, who the hell are you, first off? And then he just, like, murder death kills these guys who are going to cut off her arm because she stole something to, you know, just to, to feed herself and, you know, her little uh, street rats. And then after he murder death kills those people, she's like, oh, hey, you're cool. Uh, I'll show you where to get powerful. I'll show you where people are to get powerful. And hey, he's Apocalypse, like, Wait. Let's, let's hang out and watch TV. Yeah, like, what also, the hell? Talk, and he, and he was just like, English, all of a sudden. let's speak in like, English. <laughs> let's, let's forget all the other languages that we know. Because she was like, hey, do you know, like, this, this, that, English? She's like, hmm. And then, oh, my God. Like, like why... Does he learn about our world today by putting his hand on a comp- uh, on a TV screen that has rabbit ears, and then the next cut it has a satellite dish? No, there was a lot of it. That's worse than Age of Ultron. At least Ultron went on the internet. Like yeah, Ultron went on. Like he puts his hand on this on this boob tube, and then she's just like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "I Made am a weird learning." Sound, and then he was like, Ugh. "There should have been a scene in Age of Ultron where he's just like." Do you have any idea how many naked images of human beings are on the internet? <laughs> or even Wouldn't better. you want to destroy this planet? Even See, that, that would have been funnier if like, Ultron went online and did all this stuff, and he, him seeing the shit we do online made him want to destroy the planet. That's it. I think it would be really The things funny. you guys do to animals. Now, I don't talk about eating them, <laughs> but like, the things you do to them. Like, Your politics are fucked. I don't think like, animals, geez, I don't think animals enjoy a favor. it. <laughs> I think no, but like going back to the underutilized characters, like I remember when we walked out of the movie, we were like, "Who are those mutants at the start in Egypt that were like crushing people with gravity?" Like there were all these yes. like, unnamed characters. This movie was this movie was cluttered with with characters we never heard of, characters we wish we saw more of, and and it didn't utilize any of them. Yeah, like, Jubilee, like the, the, she was the, in the, so those much. Those characters in the beginning, I mean, like who, like do we have any idea who they really are? Because I mean, they were able to fold no a man into a cube and crush him <laughs> and <destroy> him. <laughs> I was like, this is really violent. Like, that was so cool. Yeah. In, the, in the credits, they were just labeled as the horsemen, so they're just nobody. Ah, uh, they were yeah. throwaway, but they were so cool. It's like, okay, that's how I want the rest of these mutants to... Because I always feel like the X-Men are nerfed in their own movies. We never get to see them fully utilize their power to the max. I mean, we, we, we did see it with Nightcrawler in X2 in the mansion scene, but then he got nerfed later on. He really... He was like, oh, I really can't do anything and stuff and things. And I'm like, oh my god. I mean... But seriously, the crippled by depression yeah. or electrical fields 
Or electrical this movie just decided, just decided that electrical currents stop teleportation from, like, different mutants. Like, Nightcrawler can't fucking teleport out of the stupid boxing arena when he's fighting Angel at the very beginning. And, and like, okay, I get that's fine. Then he, then he can't teleport again in, the, uh, in, in Weapon X because he's like, oh, there's a current. All right, but, like, why can Apocalypse, who obviously teleports using a completely different means... Like, completely also get fucked the same way. And, and on top of that, why does that happen? That's never been established in the comics, never before in the movies. They just decided that that's a law of physics. <laughs> oh, there's, there's so many things I think Brian Singer just, you know, pulled, you know, just like he pulls out of his backside. Like, uh, you know, we were right in the beginning there, yeah, when uh, when the mansion was, was blowing up and, uh, you know, Gene was like, oh, can you teleport us into that helicopter because they're taking away all, all, you know, all of the X-Men. And he was like, oh, I can't teleport somewhere that I haven't been before or some place i can't see but he but he was like yeah i can teleport us in there like but what but you haven't you can't see inside the helicopter and you also haven't been there before so how are you inside of it what and also if you think too much into it electrical currents go through i don't know pretty much everything including buildings so here's here's the problem the movie had no need to limit nightcrawler's powers so he breaks out of the cage in the cage fight. It's like, all right, now Mystique has to stop other people from beating him up in the crowd who want to have him fight. Right. It, it Nothing really changes. To like, un, to, for, it just tried to give reason to, to rent. You know what that was? That was actually probably to give Mystique more screen time. Because yeah. she had to go back and like sneak in and turn off the power. That was just to give her more purpose. Because that's what everybody wanted. Katniss ever Mystique. <laughs> Jeez. I think that also is what bothered me the most about this movie is that Lawrence, Jennifer, I forgot her name for a second. Jennifer Lawrence is like on the forefront of this and she really shouldn't be. Not because she's a bad actress, I don't like her too much. It's like the fact that they're trying to turn Mystique into a good guy, which makes no sense to me yeah. whatsoever and there's no reason like could you imagine jennifer lawrence playing a villain like that'd be so cool why not just let mystique be a baddie because top billing exactly yeah. because in hollywood hunger games made a lot of money the kids love hunger games put her up in the front cash money for a picture of spider-man it's it's <laughs> it's really annoying because like i like i think jennifer lawrence is overrated but i did like her in american hustle she was really good in American Hustle, but it's just the fact that somebody in Hollywood made the decision, okay, we need to put butts in seats, we need to sell this thing, uh, these X-Men movies are whatever, I don't know. Anyway, so we got the Jennifer Lawrence, uh, put her in the make her a thing. And then, and then I know some, like one guy, one guy in that board had to be, well, Mystique's not really, hey, you shut up, Trevor. Trevor, you shut up. You get outside right now. Yeah, but Mystique's not really, a, she's not on the forefront. She's not even a good guy. She's not an X-Men. You're fired! Yeah, like, you're fired. Get out of here. How dare you talk about Jennifer Lawrence that day? That's another thing that's kind of weird, too. In all these in all these online reviews and people talking about it, everyone's, like, afraid to say that Jennifer Lawrence, like, is a problem. It's weird. I've noticed that trend all over. It's really weird. Like, if somebody does say it, on an, in another outlet, if someone does say that Jennifer Lawrence is a problem, they always have to put a precursor, you know, and, and it's just like, well, it's not that, you know, she was bad in this movie. It's the fact that she's, I think she was bad in this movie. I think, like, she was really tired of it because her contract kept her here. And it yeah. it really <laughs> yeah, showed look. to me that she was so tired of doing it all. I mean, she was even quoted as saying that she couldn't even pronounce the stuff they were putting on her. And she had to put that on, like, all the time. So she did negotiate to not have, you know, herself in blue all the time. And I'm just like, 
Can you try to, like, if you can negotiate that, can you negotiate breaking the contract and getting out and having somebody else who wants to be there be Mystique? Like, can you do that? Is that right. possible? Instead of you not being blue and I have to look at Jennifer Lawrence up on screen, you know, talking. And, and, like, and, like, they always, like, <laughs> explain blue, it. you bitch. Yeah, and they explain Blew it, it in, the, in the movie, too, every so often. Like, the scene where, where Xavier was bringing... Um, the the CIA lady into the mansion and uh, he's like hey everybody this is uh oh, you're meeting her for the first time you know everybody play along remember I, I wiped her memory from first class anyway uh yeah and and uh, <laughs> you know and then she left the room and uh, Jennifer Lawrence was like I can't even say Mystique Jennifer Lawrence she was like she's like she's like, she's like Charles why does she not recognize me in this form she's seen me like this and I'm like stop calling it a form it's not a form. It's you being lazy, you not wanting oh, to be and, Mystique. But that wasn't just her. Like Beast kept on not being Beast. Yeah, but like I can forgive Beast because I think he looks shitty anyways. Like that's not a good costume. Yeah, like, he looks like something off the Broadway Cats and yeah. it's really annoying. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, cats is bad. It's really annoying me. Yeah, because look what they did with Kelsey Grammer's Beast. That looked a bit better. Like Kelsey Grammer's Beast. I, th- I think Beast needs to be completely CG, in all honesty. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, don't I, think, know I, I agree. I, th- I think that Colossus needs to be all like just like he looked in Deadpool. I, I think there are just some X Men that are so hulking they have to use yeah. a CGI model. Yeah, because like like even Kelsey Grammer's, I wasn't like it was better than this one. Definitely. I mean, he was the he was sold. the best part of that movie. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's I don't know because like, I, cause, like, uh, like Beast also wasn't aging as well. He looked the same dude. You know, like this. Is yeah, but to take, I mean, like we like, don't know like the serum's doing to him. You know. Speaking of more characters not being changed, I was incredibly disappointed that the, how how they portrayed the four horsemen. The four horsemen of the apocalypse are supposed to literally be of the apocalypse. He he literally changes you at a genetic level. But apocalypse's powers were so ill defined in this film. Like what were his powers? He can control sand. He can teleport, and he can make people a little bit stronger. Like he was Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, it's, he, but like even then, he, his powers weren't that vast. He, he, he literally controlled... All, the only power we, I saw him use frequently was sand power, teleporty power, and awakening teleporty, power. Teleporty sand power It's activate. called molecular manipulation, and it can do everything. Except, no, it's called, beat it's a called bunch bullshit. Of teenagers. No, and it's like... And it, his power was like really fucking creepy, and he, never, he, he like didn't use it. And, and here, here's, here's what really gets me, though. Here, the thing that frustrates me the most is that... That in the comics, the four horsemen are supposed to be literally genetically changed to bow to Apocalypse's will, to literally be a like genetically bound to him. So, so it would actually have been fine how they portrayed Archangel, Psylocke, everyone. You know, even even though they even though they didn't have a lot of character, that would have been fine if they were literally like mind slaves to Apocalypse, and that happened in the comics. Like, Psylocke was under his control, and they had to break her out. She did some bad shit, but that's that that's okay, because it wasn't all her. In this movie, Psylocke's like, yeah, I think it's a good idea to like, kill all of humanity. Oh, I'm going to sneak away at the end and probably like be a hero in the future. That's not how it works, okay? Like, you can't just... Like join with the genocidal monster and just and just like and, and carry through to the end of his plan, the very end yeah, of the movie. That was, that was very. And, that was weird. How they literally just had Olivia Munn and Psylocke just kind of walk off. Like that was yeah. Really like and it's like weird. at least in in uh, Age of Ultron, like halfway through the movie, like Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are like, "Holy fuck, we just saw your plan, and it is not us." And they and they, and they, and they defected. <laughs> Yeah. And it is, it is not us. We were so done with you. That this is, is not our This scene. is not what we signed Mistakes up for. were made. Yeah. Oh, God. And, and, <laughs> and, and like, to, to everyone listening, it, it kind of just sounds like we're just bashing this movie, but we, it, it's, it's hard to 
critique and talk about a movie without like pointing out everything about it and all these aspects in this movie. So many facets of this movie and features or whatever you want to call them are just so bad. <laughs> Here's an aspect for you. Why does Cyclops have heat vision? It's not heat. God, I didn't read it as that. I didn't see it. It, it, it was heat vision. The, it was heat vision. The tree is literally set on fire, Greg. Don't try and sell me snake oil. <laughs> eh, I don't know. In the, in the on, bathroom, man. it certainly wasn't. But I guess the tree was. Yeah, it was on fire. And it's kinetic energy. It's just, his beam is supposed to be a, like a big punch to the face. It's yeah. punches from the punch dimension. <laughs> He's got a dimension of punches behind his eyes. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I can't. I always thought like oh. he... I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously wrong here, but I always thought like he got kind of like Superman. He kind of like got his power from the sun or something Cyclops? like that. No. Yeah. No, he he opens his eyes and it's just an endless torrent of death. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of of uh, of how of his yeah. eye beam, I heard like, I heard his eye beams were um were actually the power source of another dimension. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, yeah, yeah that sounds it. like it. I think that's correct. Yeah. No, but speaking of the eye beam, I, I I noticed the CGI just felt off in a lot of areas in this movie. You know that scene where you first see Psylocke and she extends her her psychic dagger. Oh, the worst! Like something about that. Like we didn't see it in three D, so maybe that maybe like uh, we, I we saw it in three D and it didn't look any cooler. Okay. <laughs> it was like it just like, it, it, then good. Then we're not. Yeah, yeah our buddy Mike just, was was saying that it looked wrong because it was probably meant for for three D. But Greg, you were saying it, it it wasn't. Then oh god, it, it was just Jesus. Like, it, it, so the perspective was all off. It was, it was like, it was like, you know, when you're, when you're in, when you're like in a photo editing program and you like try to copy and paste like a spaceship from a different photo and, and it just looks wrong. Like when you put it on something else, that's how it looked. It just, it looked like a badly photoshopped sword. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, 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 uh, and even, even again, going back to the beginning of the movie, that whole CGI like little montage, like time montage where, where like it shows like. All these like it's like the Doctor Who opening where you have like the gears oh, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. randomly you see like I I literally turned turned to my brother next to me and I was like what's happening like like what is this supposed to, like I don't oh, like, no, I, 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 bad, this bad movie like, has become a bad television show <laughs> no like I, I I literally didn't know what it was what, what it was supposed to be it wasn't that I like that I that I even thought it was like badly it like it looked bad I literally had no idea as an as like a viewer what I was oh looking. really I I thought it was clear yeah. to me that it was a timeline throughout the ages because apocalypse no, so think, like we started yeah. off back in the day. And then it's literally a timeline going through till today. Yeah, I, I got that. It was too, just so abstract. But it wasn't that, like, like until I saw the. No, I mean the it wasn't picture. abstract to me. I think it was just like unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah, and it also like didn't look good. It wasn't like good CGI. Although I I, I do like I do like when when they, they have the 20th Century Fox logo come up and at the end of the da na 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 they have the da na na. I really, I really like that for some reason. I don't know. And how. the X is the last thing to fade out. It's yeah. so good. Damn it. It's like, okay, like <laughs> everybody who's going to watch this movie, okay, watch that and then just leave. Okay. That's, no, <laughs> that's, that's all you fair. do. That's not so, and it, it's, it's such a bummer that, that, that this movie is like overall so bad because there are a lot of, of good parts. So like we were saying earlier, they got a lot of the visuals like spot on sure. with the exception of Apocalypse. Um, like seeing like Jean Grey. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's, let's talk about that. Like what's, uh, what's, what's wrong with Apocalypse? Isn't he just like a, the perfect comic adaptation? No, no, not in not in any way, shape, or form. He looks to- first of all, he looks totally different in the comics. He has he has a completely different build. His armor is made uh, from celestial technology. That's why he's so like, so indestructible. Apocalypse has a lot of power of powers because he's like the first mutant. But but his armor is what really gives him the survivability that he has. Mm. It's 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 like a like Iron Man, like a power suit. I think his a- his alien. actual mutant power is immortality, and then everything else that we ever see him do is all technology. 
Yeah, like you know, remember remember the giant severed celestial head from Guardians of the Galaxy, the people who were like pretty much like predate like maybe even they predate the, the Infinity Stones, like those guys are the ones that created the armor that Apocalypse wears, what? like shrunk down to size. Like yeah. he's got a, he's got a pretty wacky origin story. So uh, he has he has that shit, and and also how he like his I think how he was originally create he was his creation had to do with the Celestials. I mean, honestly, that might be one of the reasons he wasn't portrayed as well because Marvel appears to own the Celestials. But like his his armor did, was did not have the same purpose. Like they could have still had given given him like his his overpowered suit, but they didn't. Like I th- I'm pretty sure they just when they like all worked together, they blew off his armor and him. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanna. Just say one thing, one thing only about what Amber and Casey confirmed about Apocalypse's uh, real origin. I hate ancient astronaut theorist shit with a passion. I watch ancient aliens and it makes me, it gives me Forrest Whitaker eye. Um, (laughs) And you just, you literally just made, you literally just made me hate Apocalypse. Probably like one of the most badass characters ever What did you think he was? Just a big Egyptian man? Nah, dude. (laughs) He's an Egyptian immortal with gray skin who gets fucking alien technology, rules the shit out of Egypt, at one point fights Dracula, and also maybe Kang the Conqueror? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and and also like you're like you know for Rude Awakening because the Marvel universe is like pretty much built upon the ancient aliens like theory. And I think the uh, I think the original oh, what's his name? The guy who I'm so bad with names. The original Thor writer, Stanley. I just oh, no, no, the, other guy. <laughs> the other guy. The other guy. The other the other original writer. Yeah, the other of original Thor. Peter Marvel that I'm so bad. There's at no Marvel other original writer of Thor. It's Stan Lee, it, fucking it, point and center. Like no, there was someone. Whatever. So one of the covers of of Thor so literally says something about chariots of the gods. That book they always bring up in Ancient Aliens. Yeah. Because the whole idea is that Thor, that aliens are as we see them are just super. I mean, gods are just super advanced species, like like the Asgardians. Sure. Yeah. So like that's that's just like pretty much the foundation the Marvel universe is built off of for better or for worse. But um no, but I I with the exception of Apocalypse, I I really did like how most of the characters looked. I was bummed that like that Archangel wasn't blue, but that was probably a makeup thing. Yeah. Um oh actually back to Archangel. What was up with Apocalypse's obsession? Not nearly with, enough uh, blue people in this movie that's got <laughs> at least three blue like four blue people. And Apocalypse like, was decking Archangel out like on multiple scenes. He's like, wait, let me, I need to give you some face tattoos, cool shoulders. <laughs> he was like, he's like, mm, you need some some pauldrons. Let's give you some more stuff. He's like, yeah. mm, like, like I have seen like, this in the like, world like, of Warcrafts. Have yeah. some pauldrons. He just kept like no, touching like, up Archangel's like cosplay. He's like, all right, well we're here, but okay, hang on, like is this more here. Oh, you know what else I thought of this one? And then at the end uh, of the movie where he dies like very he abruptly, it. he's just like, oh, what a waste! Like spend so much time on that cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. So again, besides Apocalypse, though, I think that like you had you had Cyclops, which and Jean Grey. All at the end of the movie, they had their was it their nineties outfits? Yeah, close enough. Um, Cyclops had yeah. the the open hair. He had the Y shaped like connector. Dude, best best nineties outfit, Jubilee. So underused. Yeah, right. And yeah, Jubilee, the nineties character in the eighties X Men movie. She had she had like, she had the whole thing. She had the, she had the yellow raincoat. She had like the the obnoxious why, like why loud now? earrings. Like, it, like it boggles the mind. Yeah. Like why did they put her in in this movie and then never use her? It's like we well, saw more. Well, they she also had more they cut a lot of things in the movie too because there was supposed to be a scene at the mall that and there was a whole bunch of other like uh, things um, at the mansion that supposedly were cut out. Because um, like she like uh, Len- Lena Connor kind of a couple of interviews where we was talking about how much fun that was, and then like there was a commercial I think for some like food thing in which they showed like a little part of that scene. I know there's one 
um, for I think I think like uh, Skynet over in the UK, and they had like a little scene. They had something uh, for them to do, and they were talking about how fun that was too. Uh, where we're like um, quick server trying to impress some girl, and like you know, like uh, like Storm is there, and Jubilee's there, and Cyclops is there, and it's just a cool little thing. But yeah, it's like okay, so in this director's cut, are we going to see more of that? Like, why was that taken out? And it was cool that they put her in the movie, but then they don't use her at all. Like, what the hell? I, I thought I yeah. thought when she was giving um, Cyclops a tour, of, I mean, I mean, not call the tour of the mansion. She was gonna be like, oh, this is this, this is that. Yeah, we all hang out here. This is cool. Let's go to the mall. Blah blah. blah. What's a mall? And Scott's like, what? What's what's a mall? Let's go. I like the whole dynamic of 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 Cyclops. Like, can we all agree that the guy playing Cyclops did a good job? Or oh, he yeah. nailed it. He was a great character. Absolutely. I, I, I Absolutely. really like Cyclops yeah. in this movie. They made Cyclops cool. I'm really confused. Optic <laughs> <laughs> blast. That's the greatest continuity error in this movie. <laughs> Oh, speaking of continuity, I loved oh, overall. I loved the Wolverine scene because you, yeah. you had yes. you had him yeah. in the Weapon X Although, like, wait, ah. hold on. I can. I loved it. Also, I, I thought it was fantastic and great. However, there's two points in complete refute that bo- that bothered the shit out of me. One, the fact that Jean Grey helped him escape. That that bothered that bothered me to like no end. Oh, I like that. No, that was stupid. He escapes on his own. That no, makes him seem more badass. But it establishes that it establishes, and he would have probably gotten out. He has a healing factor. He probably would have made it out on his own. But the, but Jean Grey helping him established their dynamic, yeah. their future no, dynamic. I, I feel like yeah. I feel like they, no. no, they threw it in there. Like you know what, uh, Jean Grey's here. Let's throw going to like Alkali Lake. Um, what's Hugh Jackman doing? Can he come down and do a scene? You know, can he do a scene? How's he get out? Like. We need to put Hugh Jackman Wolverine in this movie. This movie won't work. We got <laughs> we got Captain Seventeen was... put up front. X Men is like it's like who is who is making this movie? But, but yeah, we know. Like, I, 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 I also really agree. Didn't I didn't like, like the whole Jean Grey thing. I think it was completely unnecessary. But some people, you know, like I, I've heard the argument from from friends like, oh, well, establishes why he likes Jean so much and blah blah blah. blah. I'm like, what? That makes it creepy because she's like a kid here. He's like a full grown man. And he's yeah, like, but Yo. Even, even so, like it's still fucking creepy because like when it's she's an adult, he is like what. Two or three hundred? No, one hundred. I don't know how. Hundreds of years. He's at least a hundred. Yeah. So he is. He's like way too old. Regardless. So that's still he is like a foxy grandpa. He, is he so puts Magneto to shame. One silver fox. But yeah, like it bothered me that she helped him escape. You know, because it doesn't seem more badass. If he escapes on his own. Yeah. Everything leading up to that point was like awesome. Like oh he, god, it was amazing. He felt like it, when he was like walking around in the cage and he sounded like a wildebeest just walking. It's like it's that scared me. You just hear him breathe and step, and they're like, "What? What's yeah. that?" There was one part. Well, like, it was it was it was, like. it was really corny leading up to it because they had like Sophie Turner like. Um, Jean Grey spell it out for everyone. I mean, I, I love that they're trying to make like movies like this for everyone, but it's like you don't have to have Wolverine spelled out like, oh, there's a man in here. Um, and it cuts to the case, comes back to her. Oh, and he's like a piece missing him. Cuts to the case, comes back to her. He's uh, Wolverine. Basically, she just keep, it gets kept cutting from the case to her, case to her. I'm like, <laughs> please stop. Please stop. Yes, we get it. We get it. It's Wolverine. Like, you don't. Stop it! <laughs> that was like an issue with the, with, with the with the um, psychics in general in this movie. Like for some reason, they decided that that psychics would be the characters that repeat lines just in case you didn't. Yeah. Like, like there, there's that there's that part where where Xavier is talking to a person, the lady whose name I don't remember from the first class movie. Laura McTaggart. Um, oh my McTaggart. god. Yeah. And I'm bad with names. All right, you know this from Game of Thrones. Okay. Anyway, um, and, and she's like. They call like uh, it'll it'll be an apocalypse, and, and, and Xavier's just like the end of the world. But like, like you don't need. We heard apocalypse. We get it. Like oh, and Amber to go back to your last point about the other writer of Thor. Um, uh-huh. He's also not only the writer, but a really awesome illustrator. You're thinking of Jack Kirby. 
Yes, that was it, Jack Kirby. Thank you. Ah, he was you like, an artist, man. Sorry, him and him and him and Stanley were kind of. You don't of have like you don't have two routine. dudes writing a comic book and somehow art just appears. Art <laughs> just appears. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I so love artists are a huge part of comic making. You couldn't do it without them. I am a big proponent of artists getting more recognition in comics, <laughs> especially when you label them as writers. Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, like I was okay. Like mar- moving forward, Marvel needs to start. They need to get hold of the X-Men. Just, like, do whatever you can, guys. I mean, like, you've got Disney lawyers. Let, let's go. Get, you go out there and you get X-Men and bring it back to us. Because I, I don't like where they do a lot of things for muggles where they explain, yeah, like, you know, oh, Apocalypse is the end of the world. Oh, he had four followers. And then and then Charles is like, oh, the fourth horseman. It's like, yes, stop spelling things out. Please stop spelling things out. And then they do, like, like little campy things. Okay, let's talk about, like, the one-liners and, and the zippy little quips in this movie. Like, uh, when, when, when Apocalypse was attacking Charles's mind oh, in Cerebro, and then and can then and yeah, and then he's just like, "Oh no, he's in my head!" Oh my god! And then Beast is trying to destroy, it, like, "No!" And then he 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 pulls back a little bit, and then he turns to uh, Summers, and he says, "Unleash havoc!" <laughs> Boo! I'm pretty sure I actually said boo. I'm pretty sure we all groaned and Casey said boo. I think a lot of people in the theater groaned. All I've never been in a movie theater where people unanimously just groaned at every single. Just like sinking in your seat, but in unison. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. The the silver lining for that scene is Havoc learned how to no longer hula hoop his powers, but to actually project them (laughs) through his hand. (laughs) Right? Like, let's look at the positive side of that. He can now have his official. Hand blasts, which is cool. No, it was it was it was still it was still coming out of his chest. No, no, no. no, Like he like literally like pulled like his hand out on either side, and he had like three beams going at once. Was it three? I thought it was just out of his chest. No, it was one out of his chest and and one out of either hand. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, Yeah, I was gonna say I love that um that the the episode of X Men Evolution where um like Magneto had this like satellite that would and and this machine that would enhance powers. Yeah, that was so badass. And like he and Scott got all like like buff and crazy, like super powered, and then that satellite was about to fall, and like uh, and <laughs> Cyclops and Havoc were on like this like on the planet, and they're just like shooting their powers straight up. Cyclops with his optic blast, and Havoc with his fist straight up, and it destroyed the whole thing. I was like, yes. Why is he hula hooping in first class? This is what. what? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it's stupid. But yeah. But like in general, this movie had a lot of like weird build up to lines that like, didn't pay off. Like there's a scene in in. World, I always like reference of like as like the bad buildup where um where you have where like there's one character says he's where uh, who's the lead oh my god Chris Pratt okay um it, it says well that depends and then the, and the uh, scientist goes Dep- on what and he's like what kind of monster you cooked up, up in that lab, lab. <laughs> and it's like ah uh, <laughs> and, and there's it even more bits it's like it's like wait a second that thing's part raptor like <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and it's like in this movie like Apocalypse has so many lines and he's like he made the biggest mistake and you're like oh god what is he going to say he let me in and it's like no there are no. so many of these stupid although I, I did love that psychic battle that's what makes it comic booky as fuck I really like that was like straight out of the 90s cartoon that that yeah. fucking That's pretty psychic badass. battle like the whole thing were, and it was interesting because like Charles like sees himself with hair. And I'm like he's bald. I'm like oh, but he doesn't know that yet. That's gonna be awkward. 
Mm. <laughs> Lisa, how's how's about this though? The scene where um oh my god, one second, my brain is is petering out on me. Excuse Amber <laughs> as she rewatches parts of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> how about the part? How about while well, that psychic battle is going on and Quicksilver is starting to like kick Apocalypse's ass? Like that was so. Like, th- thank you, Susie. Like, you reminded that me. That was cool, but okay. like that Quicksilver scene, which they tried to like recreate from Days of Future Past. Oh, out of place, completely out and of place. Pretty pretty long. Pretty, Pretty good though. I think it was pretty good. Okay. But well, it was really both good. of them were great. Too long, like but like two minutes too long. No, and, and the one earlier in the mansion where like yeah. where, where like it's a, it's a, you're you're basically feeling awful. Apocalypse teleported and took Xavier. The world's gonna get fucked. He's gonna he's gonna like mind control the world to weaken everyone and unify them. It's the worst. Oh wait, and the mansion's blowing up. This is terrible. Oh, but we're gonna have a comedic Quicksilver scene. Oh well, <laughs> time to laugh. <laughs> yeah, it was it was like the the pacing of the comedy it was hangs off. You out. Yeah, no, and, and, and speaking of Quicksilver, Sergio reminded me of, um, was, like, at the end where he's like, has that long conversation about how, like, Magneto is his father, and then they're, they go up to Magneto, yeah, who's, like, currently ripping out. apart, ripping the Earth apart with magnetic, like, sorcery. While <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence... For the it, next movie, when yeah, Quicksilver while, while, while is while Jennifer Lawrence, old. like, finally a mystique for him, he's like, Charles, I can, I can talk sense to you because I was in the Hunger Games, that made a lot of money. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm mystique now, I'm in blue, yeah, because it's the end of the movie and I'm going to get out of here. Anyway, Charles, uh, yeah, stop, what are you doing up there? No one knows what you're doing, you're just doing stuff, and <laughs> this guy is also here with me, and he's like, yeah, I'm here, uh... I, I'm here too, build up, build up, build up, build up... <gasps> For my family, too. Yeah. And it's like, oh. <laughs> help, help You could have us. literally thought of so many things to say because you move faster than the speed of thought. <laughs> yeah, to, to, to me, the, the, that seems like, like like an older person putting that in because that's what they're used to seeing from like romantic comedies and other movies or like TV shows where everything could be solved really quickly with a character just giving like an answer or explaining something really quickly. Like if Quicksilver said, like, <laughs> I'm your son, you know how quickly Magneto would have dropped everything? He'd have been like, you're my what? Not even, not even that. They could have done it in such a dramatic way where everything just stops yeah, and then it drops. And then he looks at Quicksilver. And then he would shut down and open up shop. No, he would... Yeah, uh, dude! <laughs> no, dude, he would have dropped everything. Have you ever seen Maury when it's like, you are the father? The people, the guys just go numb. They, they just go numb. They just ragdoll effect. They're like, it's like Mass Effect when you die. Dun, 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 dun. Bam, 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 bam. He would have dropped everything. He would have dropped the entire world, all of the stuff. He would be like, wait, you're, who's, your, who's your mom? What? You're my... You're my what? You're my son! And then the movie wanted to turn into a Maury show. And Mystique would have been like, yeah, so come down and talk to your son. And, and then we'd have a whole different movie. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like... I want to see that movie. The Magneto I thing see is that kinda, movie. kind of shitty, too. Like, that whole, like, he's Magneto he's a man of the earth now. He's He's got a family. And, oh, wait, they're, they're dead. So now he's back to being Magneto. It's just like, stop with the wishy-washy Magneto. Like... It just felt so forced, and then, like, his daughter... And just to make sure that you knew that his daughter was the most innocent creature in all of existence, her mutant power was singing songs with the, the creatures of the, the forest. She was a Disney character. <laughs> she was a Disney princess. She was a Disney character. <laughs> it, yeah, it was just, like... I just didn't care for it, and... Like, right when he's about to just have his, like, Magneto murderous rage, which is like, yes, yes, yes. Apocalypse just, like, just takes it all. He's like, yep, you're all dead. And it was cool, like, the way he killed him. was like, you're all phased into the ground. You're dead. That's how you die. But, like, I wanted to see some, like, Magneto anger. 
which you don't get Honestly, to see. Honestly, in one of these movies, I really, really, really just want to see him rip like someone's fillings out of their teeth or like just something metallic out of their body. Not like X-Men 2, X-Men United, but I mean like someone has a fake hip and he just rips it right out of them. You know, I want to yeah. see some like fucked up Magneto shit, like fucked up Magneto shit. I've got your chair, Charles. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> um, the other thing, too, I, while, I'm, while I'm thinking about it, about Magneto, is he should... Like, I hate that he was one of the horsemen. It's just like in every yeah. single interpretation yeah. of Magneto that, that no I've seen. Was he ever a horseman in the comics? No, he's always against Apocalypse, which is awesome. Especially in Age of Apocalypse, yeah. where he tears that bitch in half. Yeah. Whoa, what? So oh, dude. The final, maybe not the final issue, because you know how a lot of stuff wraps up with you know epilogues and what have you. The final confrontation between Magneto in the Age of Apocalypse universe, which is... One where Xavier's kid went back in time to kill Magneto, but accidentally killed Xavier, so the X-Men never got formed, but instead they did by Magneto, who took up Xavier's dream. In that universe, where not only is he totally banging the shit out of Rogue and founding the X-Men, he kills Apocalypse by tearing the bitch in half with his powers. It's so cool. Just clean in half. And that is not... That Magneto allegedly, according to the official handbook of the Marvel Universe and what have you, is about half as strong as the regular flavor. Yeah. Oh God. And he still tore him in half. Well, that's one thing that's so cool about Magneto is his is his like tactical use of his powers. Also, dope ponytail on that one. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, d- doesn't Magneto seem weak in all of these movies? Not weak, but like emotionally, yeah. I mean, he lifted way, way more than one bridge in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we don't talk about that movie, okay? It didn't exist, okay? Right Why? Now, it wasn't as bad pe- as this one. It's, yeah, it's not as bad as this. Allegedly. Oh, I mean, Allegedly. Uh, according to Metacritic. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing to keep in mind uh, for everyone kind of listening and has seen this movie is uh, his daughter, Magneto's daughter's name was Nina. It was not Wanda. So not the not his like, you know, uh, Quicksilver's sister or Polaris. They should have called her Lorna. Oh, God. Gave her little little green tinted hair. That way, make X fans mad. I yeah. I mean, like, there's a lot they could have done. Uh, what I'm really hoping for is actually leading me up into my secret question. <laughs> no, wait. It's not yet. He's got to. He's got to open it up first. Okay. Okay. Not a thing. Not a thing. Not a. Not yeah. Oh, it went off twice. Okay. No, da 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 da. Sorry, that, that, Double, I just won't do it next da, week to make up for it. Um, so, X Men Apocalypse. As we kind of go back and reminisce, my original thinking was it wasn't so bad. And then as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, eh, you know, the the bad does kind of outweigh the good. Um, <laughs> but what I want to ask you guys is if X Men, not Apocalypse. Or the whatever the X Men next X Men movie is going to be more named. like X Men, X Men, not a X-Men. not Eclipse, not Eclipse. Uh, that's, <laughs> if, that's that's what the podcast is going to be named. Uh, anyways, w- I want you guys to design the next X Men movie. Wait, what? That's a little much, yo. Well, very briefly, you don't have to give me the <laughs> whole script thing. Script out a movie for me. All right. Quick, everyone, look at your favorite X Men episodes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I want to know if you are in charge of making the next X Men movie, what story arc would you do? 
and what would be the i guess not the genre but lack of a better term like like how would you improve upon it so let's start with casey on this one Oh, come on. You always start with me. I never start with you. I usually start, start with Amber, and Amber freaks out, and then she doesn't give us a real answer, and we make I her do. give her a real answer, and then we go to you. Didn't have <laughs> nearly enough time. All right. Well, listen. One of my favorite X-Men batches of villains of all time are the Hellfire Club. Mm. Um, and for those of you who don't know who they are, you may know a lot of factions in the X-Men universe. you got your X-Men who want peaceful coexistence with human and man. Magneto's Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, who want a war where mutants prove themselves superior. Apocalypse, who doesn't care who's superior as long as they demonstrate their power in a way that's Darwinist. I mean, you got your X-Force, but the Hellfire Club is a bunch of mutants who are like, hey, you know what would be really great? If we used our powers and our ridiculous amount of money to have, like, cool hedonist weird sex clubs. Hmm. So that's their thing. Um, So you're going to make a porn. Pretty much, no. Um, so there is a great story where, uh, well, first of all, they're the instigators who end up turning Phoenix into Dark Phoenix, just so you know. Um, this Jean Grey was able to handle it. It was them like wearing away her psyche. Yeah, build up Jean Grey's pathetic character because, nope, that's not what happened. So she, they withered her to crap and they turned her into a crazy, sexy dominatrix lady and then she flipped out and turned evil and tried to kill everyone. So... There's that, but there's an even better story that I love where they team up and they fight this sentinel from the future called Nimrod, who's like way stronger than all of them. Oh, I remember together. Nimrod. Dude. Way gets, more intimidating and scary than he sounds. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, Nimrod is a biblical reference to a great mighty hunter. You have Bugs Bunny call Elmer Fudd that once, and for 50 years people are missing <laughs> the reference. They just think it means idiot. That but Bugs Bunny is nope. a trendsetter. He sure is. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but they fight this robot, and they're they're using all their powers to the max. And even one of the the Hellfire Club dudes straight up dies in the middle of the fight from a heart attack. It's outrageous. It's awesome. It's 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 just a tightly put together story. I forget what issues it's in, but it's obviously a Claremont, uh, Chris Claremont written X Men because yes. that dude is the top dog of X Men writers through the seventies and eighties. I want to say drawn by. John Romita Jr., if not Mark Silvestri, still great, great stuff. I feel like it was Silvestri for some reason. He, I mean, it's either one of them, man. Yeah. I'm imagining it in my head, and I'm looking at their faces, and I'm like, this art is so close. Yeah, they are really close. And now we're going to go to Amber. All right, so if I have my dream movie come true, I would like to see, in a, in a fictional universe where Marvel had the rights for X-Men somehow, using the House of M storyline to bridge the two universes and keep what works and get rid of what didn't. Oh, my X-Men. God. That would be crazy enough to work. And everyone's been saying House of M lately, which is very interesting um, because like the movies have a trend to really highlight the more recent story arc. So in the past... 10 years, right? Maybe 15 tops when there's so much older stuff. So it's very interesting that you said House of M. And it would be very perfect to bridge the two universes. Right. They have the Scarlet Witch. They technically could maybe use a version of her and maybe the fact that two, both of them in, in both parallel universes, maybe something happens with like the with like the Infinity Gems or something and their universe is weakened. And like the Scarlet Witches in both universes start to start their power, start to intermingle and tear a hole. And then Magneto, after like losing his family and everything, kind of like starts to go quick, starts to um, 
try to like seek out his daughter that he like didn't know he had. And, and you know, you could you could kind of somewhat lead it in to and, and futz it a little in both universes. You'd have to have it start off a little like um like uh, Days of Future Past, where it's kind of like two different realities. Sure. But as it goes on, I'm I'm kind of thinking more, less of a uh, um, of a uh, my God Days of Future Past and more of a uh, of how JLA Avengers was written. How you have these two different stories, and then as it goes on, they start to like intermingle more and more and more. And then by the end, you're just like looking at these two teams try to like fight for their right to exist, and uh, and then the results of that would be the new universe with the X Men in it. Woo! <laughs> Instead of a no more mutants, it'd be mutants. <laughs> so for me, I'm going to go in the middle because I don't want to go last tonight. Uh, for fear that someone takes my answer. I want to see the 90s X-Men in movie form. And I think that's what we're building up to in this. But like done right, you know? Like, who, I, like would you, who would you add to the cast? Gambit. Bishop? No! <laughs> no! No. Listen, um, I, I knew love... you guys were going to talk about Gambit on the preview on Sunday. That's why I didn't show up. <laughs> Don't you dare ruin secret question with this guy too. I'm not having it. Uh, see, like, like I re- Casey has pent up aggression. Yeah, I, love childhood. I love it. It's just like if you want to get Casey angry, just mention damn it. It's not my fault. He ruined Rogue before I was born. Probably That's subjective, Casey. It's subjective. Am I older than Gambit? I might be. You might be. I probably am. Um. I like to see, like, you know, like the classic, I like to see Gambit. I want to see uh, Colossus for sure, especially after Deadpool. Um, I'd really like to see Kitty Pride with, with Lockheed as well. I think that would be really cool. Um, and I would really love a storyline in which uh, Havoc returns as a bad guy. Ooh. Ooh. Would it be like a mind control thing, like classic X-Men? Or like <laughs> maybe, Evil Havoc. Maybe even like like mind control or amnesia and he like the way he was treated just changes his outlook on the world. So Oh, I can see that. Something like that. Because yeah. um, I really want to see a, a Cyclops versus Havoc brawl. Which a would be brother, great because a they, brotherly fist fight. they couldn't use their powers because as everyone knows, their powers cancel each other out. So it would just literally be like Using powers as a distraction, trying to cancel them out, going in for the brawl. And then Vulcan shows up. Surprise. No. <laughs> and then just... An, an, X, an X-Men movie with Gambit and Vulcan in it. Okay. And, an, out. and an evil havoc that reminds me of Chuck Austin's run on Uncanny X-Men. So wait, I, I forget. Vulcan's the third Summers brother, right? Yeah. Yes. So that's about the time when I stopped like reading X-Men was when they started hinting that there was a third one. Um... And they were, oh, for a while, the theory is that it was supposed to be Remy LeBeau was supposed to be. Right. And that make, would kind of make sense, right? Energy-based power, stuff like that. But that's interesting. What, that's really what's cool. Vulcan's power? He just has complete control over energy. Ill, yeah. Ill-defined. That's what his power is. Yeah. Kind of like He's also apocalypse. stolen a bunch of powers from a bunch of dead X-Men, too. It got real weird real fast. Well, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got, uh, he's got like, like, he can, he's got, like, earthy kinesis. Which sounds dumb. He can move rocks with his mind. <laughs> Terrakinesis. I'm sorry. He's got terrakinesis. He's got chronokinesis, so he can stop time and move it around. He's got Darwin's ability to be super adaptive. Is it is it bad that I think terror terrakinesis sounds like English for telekinesis? <laughs> terrakinesis. <laughs> oh, great. He can only lift Eastern objects with his mind. This is terrible. <laughs> Moving right along, getting that <laughs> completely out of the way and cut out. Oh my god! Right, I would definitely, 
Yeah, I'll definitely have. Uh, uh, I was going to hit on the nineties cartoon. I would love to see the Phoenix Saga. Yeah, I remember as a kid growing up in the nineties X Men cartoon and having to wait Saturday morning for I don't know, like how, God, how many episodes was it, was the Phoenix Saga? But I remember having to wait Saturday. It was, it was the entire fourth season, dude. I remember having so to wait many. Saturday to Saturday to Saturday to Saturday to watch that thing, and I was so excited as a kid. And they started on prime time too. Like I remember that they were like special yeah. events. Like they kicked it off on like Friday night. Dude, it was it was sick. Well, well, like where, where I grew up, it was it was it was a, a Saturday morning uh, cartoon. So I got up like really early, All put right. on Fox Kids, which was awesome. No, but for like Dark Phoenix and for Power Rangers, I don't remember what it was for that one. But they like I remember very distinctly. Like it was just like. Tonight at like eight thirty, it was like, "What is this? Isn't this is Saturday morning cartoon? Like, what is this doing <laughs> on a Friday night?" And it was just like it was this event, and like the, all the other ep- subsequent episodes were on Saturday mornings. But like for that reason, whatever, and I think they did like I think it was an hour premiere too for both of them, and yeah, it really dude. like solidified the the Phoenix Saga and the Dark Phoenix Saga in my brain for me. And we didn't even talk about that. They had Phoenix in this movie. They they, like they they really forced. did, and uh, it, it, was it was really great. forced. That was one of the better things. And and you, you they they kind of did it from like the beginning to the end. It's like you know like Jean Grey's like yeah. uh, uh, you know the house is rattling and and Charles is going to see her and you know he's he's telling Hank oh don't let any of the kids come down this way and you see like the the, the walls bubbling and stuff. Yeah. But I would love to see just just can Hollywood just please use their millions of dollars and do the '90s X Men cartoon, but with big budget. That's all you have to do. I don't care if it's verbatim. I mean, yeah, some of the lines are campy, but I remember again Saturday to Saturday to Saturday waiting an entire week just to see this thing out. And oh my god, I remember one Saturday like uh, I don't know we had our family trip somewhere. And I was so mad because it was getting so good and oh. Oh my god! And like, um, and I think uh, the the X Men the nice cartoon is on Netflix now, or so people can can check it out. But uh, oh god, I just remember being so excited for something, and it just being so good, and being enthralled in the story, and just loving all of these characters. Like, because because but before that whole thing happened, obviously, like each character had their own had their own episode. They all worked well together, and there was turmoil within the characters. Sometimes they didn't even need a villain to fight; they just needed an episode or a couple episodes about themselves and what was going on in. Internally, and there was also internal fights as well. So, so I wonder if they can also uh, do a movie where it's not really about a villain. Maybe kind of like Civil War, you know, because like, if you got the Brotherhood, you got the X Men, and even Turmoil inside of the X Men, I, I, I think that'll be great. than having just like like a villain that is always just thrown away at the end of the movie just because you need that big battle and that big villain and it just gets thrown away. I mean, I hate seeing how, you know, like Apocalypse was defeated. I mean, in one movie, in one movie, he was defeated. And it just seems so cheap and so just, just, uh, you know, convenient for Hollywood. Like, okay, we killed him off. Next thing, let's go. Wait, no, but what... You can have a reoccurring villain. I mean, I don't know. That would make it interesting. I mean, I guess to the big wigs in Hollywood, it doesn't make any sense. Maybe, maybe for doing TV, it makes sense. Not for movies. You gotta, you gotta bring them in the movie, kill them. There we go. Ultron, all the other characters, get, get them in, get them out. Big battle scene. And Here's a gonna... tip, producers. You have a recurring bad guy. His name's Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> not, the way, fr- not the way and they're, they're portraying. friends, but they fucking hate each other because they both think they're idiots. Dude, and in this, in all these movies, it's the same thing with Charles Magneto. They hate, they hate each other. They love each other. They they fight over something. They have different Old ideals. Friend. Yeah, and then in the end, they're like, all right, buddy, that's great. I just killed millions of people, but uh, I'll see you next time, Charles. All right? Okay, cool. Like, what? Bye, <laughs> Chuck. Yeah, every movie, but yeah, my answer is just like <laughs> no, 90s, don't 90s, do that 90s, again. Okay, Charles, <laughs> I'm gonna do it again. Dave, what about you? So mine kind of is biting off of Amber's. Um, it's kind of like in the same vein, where it's an event that kind of like resets both universes. So now, like both the Marvel Cinematic Universe and X Men will be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's basically onslaught. And um, Ooh. that would Ooh, that actually be a really good way to really merge well. Oh my god! So yeah. and it looked and it, it could actually happen. Maybe, but now because you wouldn't have to redo it for continuity. But rather than like Magneto's mentality being in Xavier's head, it'll probably be Apocalypse mentality in Xavier's head. Just to keep the continuity going. Oh yeah, oh, I could see that. I, I could. See I could really so he see goes that. ape shit, becomes onslaught, and he's so powerful he rips a hole in, like in a dimension. You know. It could be like a diesel, like four movie summer type of thing where you actually see the Avengers show up somehow. It's like there's a rip in the space time continuum or whatever the fuck they're going to say. And they show up to fight Onslaught and he basically destroys everything. Like he does exactly what he does in the comic and kills everyone, thereby rebooting all the series yeah. and putting it back underneath the umbrella of Marvel. Yeah, if people don't know how overpowered Onslaught is, Casey, I think you were telling me, like, if he's so powerful, if you touch him, he, you die. I mean, it, it's been a long time since I read that, but I'm pretty sure he's the entire reason that we got the awful Rob Liefeld. Yeah, like, it is. Yeah, the yeah. Heroes Are Born. He started Heroes Are Born right after that, so he was so bad, he made the the Fantastic Four and the Avengers extreme 90s. Yeah. And they just fucking, they charged him and they died. And then when the, when everybody saw them dying, they're like, hey, Dr. Doom, do you want to help? He's like, yeah, sure. I'm going to take all of Onslaught's power for myself. And they're like, nope, just kidding. You're going to die. So they pushed him <laughs> in. Yeah, so Onslaught Sons didn't just kill everyone. He killed them and then ruined their character. Yeah, listen. <laughs> it's bad times in the 90s. I yeah. got to tell you. And then Silver Surfer comes back and he's just like, where is everyone? Yeah, Black Widow is literally the only Avenger. The Thunderbolts are like, hey, we're here now, and we want to be the Avengers and the Fantastic Four at the same time. So give us money. We're not criminals, we promise. Yeah. I don't know. Um, As a total, this movie, yeah, you know, like, interesting choices of things. It had a good point. It had as much good points as bad points. I know we spent a lot of time hating on it, but it, it it did have its moments, like... Dark Phoenix, like the Phoenix Saga was a little bit much, I thought, but it was portrayed well. Like visually, it was really cool. Like you see Wolf- it. And Wolverine showing up and going ape shit. I absolutely loved. I you really know, liked like- how, I really like how James McAvoy portrays Charles Xavier in this. It's not the Charles Xavier you know and love, but I like it because he's very personable. Like he's just like, like it I- makes him more relatable than just being like, you know, the guy in the wheelchair that-, that can kill everyone. That took away a little bit from me. I, I hate how he did that. that- Apocalypse is the reason why he's bald. That kind of I thought was yeah. Kind of I mean, I was waiting this whole movie too for him to go bald. You know the like. the worst part of it is it took three movies. The hair has finally grown on me. I know. I like the hair. I don't <laughs> mind that he, he wasn't bald. <laughs> is it growing in funny places, Casey? No. Um, so when well, he still had eyebrows at the end of the movie. I don't know why he still had eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but yeah, like it had its great moments. <laughs> I mean. 
you know I laughed hard when they're walking out of Return of the Jedi. So sure. Uh, oh, so yeah. I want to talk about that oh, yeah. really quickly. Speaking because of that, was that yeah right? That was weird. That was weird. Well, no, that, that was weird. Like I was, I was fine with that. But I think it's funny that they're like, yeah, the third movie is always the worst in a series, and this is technically the third movie for the reboot. Is it not? I know, and it's it's the worst of and the series. It's like yeah, it's like the second to worst one that you could have. Man, do you think the director knew? Do you think he like he no? I think he was aware? making fun of X three because Brian Singer did not direct X three. No, no, no. It he, it's blatantly perfect. that because he's that's the only one he didn't direct of the main X Men franchise. Yeah, but like, but like, I don't know the fact that like also Sansa, who who, who by the way, Sansa, her sounded like I, she sounded like Sansa randomly at this movie. Like her, she wasn't. She didn't have her accent down. No, definitely um, not. Yeah. Like, but like, I don't know the fact that like she, the character who who you could tell her lines are a little like like uh, at at points was the one that said said the line in the third movie that is obviously the worst of the third. Like you, he ha- I feel like he had to have had an idea. No, I, I of, think of his, the, I don't the, think it's yeah, too yeah. ironic. It's too perfect. No, I think it, it's. I mean, I think it's too perfect that it's a jab at X three and that this did worse on Metacritic than X three did. But I think it yeah. was his ego being like, there's no way this movie's going to be bad. And he just couldn't see it. I mean, this is the guy Damn. who was like trying to get Channing Tatum to play Gambit, which is not might, a good tactic. Might, might, might still be. I mean, I, I'm not going to hold my breath for that. And actually, I wouldn't anyways because it's fucking terrible. But I don't know, man. After that, it's not that because like he, Brian Singer, thinks he's a good actor. He just, he literally said he, he wants to work with Channing Tatum. So he's shoehorning in in a role, and like that's he, he said it on his Twitter. He's like, "Oh, I always wanted to work with this guy." So yeah. I was like, "Wait, what? No, you don't, don't, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't just make him gambit. Oh, I just want to work for, work with you. Oh, I'll, I'll be make you an X Men. How about that? Cool. Yeah, I'm Jan Tanny. What's up, guys? Hey, on me. What's up? Let's go. No! <laughs> so speaking of post credits, Serge, take us home. Yeah. All right, guys. That's all we have time for the Bad Cody Funky Podcast, issue number 53, talking to X-Men Apocalypse. Tune in every Thursday as we talk about a new subject. Also, check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud. As we've done previous podcasts, uh, touching on different subjects. We've done movies, comics, video games, and more. This is a podcast for each and every person. Until next time, everyone, this has been Dave the Bearded Menace. I gave him back part of his humanity. Booster Greg. Bub. <laughs> TV's Casey. I am the Phoenix. Adam <laughs> <laughs> Bob Amber. Ka boom. And I'm Sergey. Thank you guys for tuning in. Check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, and make sure to check badcaredyfunky.com for everything you actually care about and for all the news we talked about earlier before the main part of the X and Apocalypse podcast. Until next time, everyone, we'll see you later. Or we'll see you never. And closing us out tonight is the Ray Wall Band with their rendition of the X-Men Rock Opera. You can check these guys out, Ray Wall Band, The Sounds of Superheroes on Facebook or on Twitter at Ray Wall Band.
Alright, now that we're post-credits, guys, let's talk about the post-credits scene. Mr. Sinister? Come on. <laughs> it's, it's such a sinister post-credits scene. <laughs> hey, that was, was the original really, title for my article. I was really hoping it was X-23. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that, right. was, that was my thought, too. It was like he grabs like the vial of Wolverine blood, and I was like... I know. I was like, and then you were like, no, it's Mr. Sinister G is in the theater. Well, <laughs> it could be both. <laughs> it's not. They're not going to put X-23 in a movie. No, I love that. I, I said X-23. This Casey just, like, stood up. What did you say? Like, I said, hell, I probably just stood up and said, ah, no. <laughs> no, no, and then you, you basically, like, addressed the audience. Oh, yeah. Like, well, because, all right, so so this is great. The At the end, some dude is looking at the post-credits. There's just a big pause because nobody gets it. This guy's like, I don't get it. <laughs> and I just shout, it's Mr. Sinister. Google it. And follow the guy with the X-Men jacket on the way out. <laughs> that guy was me. <laughs> yeah, that that was um the reaction. I went to see it with my buddy Carl and um he was just like uh, he's like Essex Court? Like what is that? And I was just like, Yeah, that's Mr. Sinister. He's like, Who's Mr. I was like, Yeah, you remember him. He looks he like Count Dracula over. with like oh, a, a diamond on his forehead. That's him. Truly sick lipstick. He looks like if Count Dracula was a member of KISS. Dude. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly yeah. what he is. Yeah. 